This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, welcome to Health Check, a podcast series by The Straits Times. And I'm senior health correspondent Joyce Steele. You're listening to the second episode of a two-part series on online doctor reviews with our special guest, Professor Jeremy Lim, the Director of Global Health at the National University of Singapore's Sosui Hock School of Public Health. So online reviews were carried on an online platform that attempted to match patients with doctors, but the reviews were later removed. Prof Lim points out that the underlying issue is the matching of patients and doctors. I speak to him to find out more about what patients can do to find the right doctors. So hi Jeremy, welcome to Health Check. Hi Joyce. So what are some of the things that people can do to make sure that they get to the right doctor? A lot of it is really inferred through uh, googling the doctor, going to search engines and reading the doctor's bios and understanding the papers they had written, the the uh, the uh, sites for their overseas uh, fellowships and so on. And from there, I guess patients have to have to take all this in and then infer that, yes, this is a doctor who has a lot of experience in a particular disease. And yeah, That's something uh, that and, most people can't do, actually. Uh, yes, and even if you could do it, uh, it's really more an intelligent guess than knowing for a fact. So it would help for doctors to actually put out this all this information out there? Um, Yes, but as doctors, there is understandably a lot of hesitation because of the fears that patients and the lay public may not understand or know how to interpret the data carefully. And in fact, uh, this this really does have precedent. Many years ago, New York City was one of the pioneers in publishing outcomes data and starting with cardiac surgery and putting out for all the cardiac surgeons who operated in New York City hospitals. Uh, just how many surgeries did they do? What was the mortality rates and so on? And the, and the challenge back then was, was the very genuine fear that doctors would then cherry pick. If we knew that everything was going to go into a database and, and be placed into the public domain, doctors may then shy away from the most difficult cases because they would look and say, oh, these guys are going to uh, lower my average or they're going to give me a black mark in an otherwise very good record. So I will tell the patient, no, I'm not the right doctor for you. Please go somewhere else. And this may ironically uh, harm patient care even more. Um, what has progressed since then is that the art and science of what we call adjustment has become much more sophisticated. And while we say, yes, every patient is different, but then statistically, we're in a much stronger position now to be able to look at the patient's condition, what are the pre-existing uh, uh, really morbidities like diabetes, kidney disease, and, and really so on, and to, and to take all these into account as we look at a a doctor's performance and what is fairly common to to understand now is to look at the, the expected performance over the actual right so it is a bit like in like what the education ministry uses when it talks about value adding schools right based on the uh, student population's PSLE results or the O level results you can then uh, build a mathematical model to to predict what the what their next higher uh, exam results 
would be like and if it's higher than that then the school is a value-adding school if it's not then it's not a value-adding school and these parallels with much more sophistication do exist in the healthcare world and see so that's something that other people can come in and help with uh, yes and various other countries have already started to do this in a big way and and some of the top centers, the, like the Cleveland Clinic does this and publishes, puts out all this into the public domain. Interesting. But how about those, you know, if you're a doctor and you're new and you haven't really done that many uh, operations? Well, uh, if you haven't done so many surgeries or any, or any uh, really procedures, then perhaps uh, you shouldn't charge at the point that people ask how many procedures have you done because mm. it's it's really a function of of finding the right value and in healthcare very crudely value is the outcome divided by the resources needed which is which which for the patient is really money and time so a less experienced doctor who hypothetically would have uh, slightly poorer outcomes, then should be expected to charge less than a doctor who is more experienced. And as the doctor's experience grows, the doctor then the doctor should be able to uh, price correspondingly higher. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. It's good for consumers, but I'm not sure how it'll go down with the doctors. Ah, but then Joyce, uh, the world has changed so much. Uh, the black box is slowly being opened, and I would urge my really fellow medical practitioners to recognize that these changes are are inexorably coming, and it's better for us to ride the wave, lead the changes, rather than be swept away by this wave that will come whether we like it or not. Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Do like us and give us a rating. Now back to our conversation with Associate Professor Jeremy Lim, the Director of Global Health at the National University of Singapore's Soswee Hawk School of Public Health. So when your friends and family ask you to recommend a doctor for them, right? what are the things that you will consider when you decide which doctor to refer them to? Um, well, Joyce, I would say I'm in a reasonably privileged position that I interact in the course of my day-to-day work with many, many doctors. And so I, I do have a reasonable sense of the, of the doctors, not just, uh, through their, uh, uh, through their, through clinical interactions, but also through social in- interactions. You have a sense of what their personality types are. Uh, Singapore's regulatory regime is a pretty robust one, so so rest assured that that the doctors are overwhelmingly competent and safe, right? But are the doctors the right ones for you? That's a function also of their personality type. And what in practice I do is that I would ask the the relative or the or the patient uh, who is asking this question more about themselves. Uh, what's their usual style of decision making? Do they like to uh, be very be active participants in the clinical decisions made? Like, should you have surgery or should you have radiation therapy? Or are they the type that would prefer for someone to decide for them? The and and we all know the 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 type of patient who very legitimately would tell the doctor, this is very traumatic for me. I'm very scared. I'm in no position to make any decisions. Doctor, tell me what to do. 
And that's very legitimate, right? We really shouldn't uh, hide behind the autonomy of the patient and force patients into making decisions. What then as doctors we would need to do would be to spend a lot more time with the patients, understand the patients better, and then help to guide them through this through this process. I would understand the personality of the individual who's asking, what the price points are, and the and the financial threshold for any unexpected events, because there will always be an element of uncertainty in healthcare. And if one was prepared to pay, say, $10,000, but doesn't have the financial buffer in case anything goes goes wrong to, to, to go beyond $12,000, $15,000, then, then that would sway my own uh, considerations over which doctors to recommend. And then finally, of course, uh, there would be around there. There would be all the elements around a uh, clinical competence and and really subspecialty interest. If we don't know any doctor and just in general looking for one, how are we going to find that out? You know, to find the best doctor, like with the most experience for yeah. the area that you want help in. Well, Joyce, that's. Uh... That, I guess, is a million-dollar question, which is why there are many startups <laughs> and other companies that are trying to crack this, because it is a very legitimate issue that patients are very concerned about. Uh, we had spoken earlier about DocDoc. We had spoken about DXD. I'm sure that others will come after them, and some of these others may have names that start with Google or, or really Amazon. And I think... Uh, Really, for the for the patients who don't have any doctors that they know, uh, the unfortunate thing is you just have to do the best you can, which is uh, go online, search as much as you can, um, um, talk to people who are close to the healthcare sector, like insurance agents, uh, pharmaceutical company representatives, and really so on, and do the best you can. Um, I do want to take us back to the to the world before corporate primary health care where many of us had our own family physician to me the the really family physician has been the tried and tested uh, model of navigating and of making the appropriate referrals but now that the family physician construct has has broken down for a lot of people uh, the unfortunate reality is that we do then need to come up with something else. And that something else very likely is going to be technologically driven. I would not be surprised if uh, startups emerge that offer these kind of advisory services, uh, much like the independent financial advisors in the world of financial services, right? Where they don't have any, where they don't have any, uh, uh, connections or linkages to any particular hospitals or to any doctors. And these mm-hmm. persons who are deep in the healthcare sector, then for, for a small fee, they listen to, to what the patient's looking for, to what the diseases are, and then correspondingly make the, make the recommendations. And if someone can then take these, take this, uh, really, uh, Take these expertise and then industrialize them using technology, AI, machine learning. Then this becomes a much more scalable model that can benefit many, many more patients. Thanks for your insights today, Jeremy. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, thanks, Joyce. Well, that's a wrap for Health Check. 
We hope you liked this episode on online doctor reviews with Associate Professor Jeremy Lim, the Director of Global Health at the National University of Singapore's Sosui Hot School of Public Health. Thank you for listening. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.